So the laptop that you use to stream has facial recognition. Yes. Windows is very high tech at my house. I'm surprised you haven't broken screens. See? You know, that, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of shit that you're going to be regretting you said later. Maybe, but doubtful. So it's been a minute. Yeah. How you been? Well, um, I was I had a doctor's appointment scheduled today. Okay. And um, I I would love to say that I'm in perfect health, but the doctor canceled the appointment, so I have no idea. No. <laughs> uh, doctor canceled the appointment. Yeah. I hate I hate uh, when that happens. Now 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 the one thing that gets me is that I have to give a 24 hour advance notice. Right. Um. Or else I'm getting charged. Right. They called me at 8 o'clock in the morning to tell me my 9 o'clock appointment was canceled. Really? An yes. hour before? Yes. And I take the day, I took the day off of work because, you know, every... I mean, you know, why businesses can't operate past 4 is beyond me because that's when everybody has a job, you know. I, I agree with you. But, um, yeah, you should be reimbursed for that. Oh, well, I didn't pay anything for it, but, you know, they should a better a night, a better. I maybe maybe waive the fee next time. Yeah. Wave, be, wave yeah. your wave your freaking copay. Yeah. I mean, I was not happy. <clears throat> I can understand being not happy. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was it was not a but. But on the good note, though, um, today they had to ship out nine uh, huge crates of recycling out of the warehouse. Really? Yeah. And uh I wasn't there. <laughs> That's a good thing. Because of a miscommunication, he thought he was supposed to come today. He was actually supposed to come yesterday. Oh. And uh I'm sorry. I had to say, you know what? Fine. I'm not there. You can't blame y'all knew I was taken off. Not my fault. Not my pig, not my farm. Yep. So after Saturday, I can kind of breathe for a minute because mm-hmm. now our event is over. Yeah. And let me give you the update. Um, and thank you and Lisa for coming, by the way. I oh, really appreciate yes. that. Um, and thank you for the donations for the basket raffle. Mm-hmm. You guys are you guys are great. And I, you know, the support that the support we got from mm-hmm. the community at large was really fantastic. And uh the grand total for what we we raised over, drum roll pre, please, over $5,200 for the American Foundation that, for Suicide that Prevention. That is awesome. With no advertisement mm-hmm. other than what I put on Facebook and yeah. some flyers around town. 5200 bucks for a one-day event. We had over 90 basket raffle items. That is crazy. It well, you were there. It took oh, me I was a, there. It took me an yeah. hour and a half to do the basket raffle. <laughs> it was it was kind of fun watching that chaos unfold. Oh, <laughs> oh! At the very beginning of it, I thought Amy was going to kill somebody. <laughs> Amy came up to me, and her exact words were, "I got to fucking walk away." <laughs> now, Mark's sister Amy is yeah. the most. She's a very level headed, very level headed lady. Mm-hmm. And she's an absolute sweetheart. I love Amy to death. Yeah. She whispered in my ear, I got to fucking walk away. <laughs> and I can understand it. Um, 
I said to her, there's too many cooks in my fucking kitchen right now. Yeah, there was like 40 up there. Yeah. it Legitimately, we need... And, th- and, and Frank wasn't helping. <laughs> no, Frank wasn't helping either. Yeah, but then again, he's sitting next to me and we both were... Yeah, yeah, you're both freaking egging each other on. Um, but uh, we had, a, I mean, we had a great turnout. Um, a lot, you know, a lot of people, the bands were all really good. Um, unfortunately, Blood Clot did not get to play. Oh, I thought that was what that um, that experience was when I walked in and you were doing all the acoustic stuff. No, that was me killing time. Okay. Because when you were yelling, when you actually asked for request, I did yell out Nickelback, and I got no, I got no response. Ah, shit, he didn't hear me, and I ain't gonna yell it again. Um, no, actually, <laughs> uh, due to a, a, a family emergency, uh, one of the members of the band could not be there. All right, and uh, unfortunately, Blood Clot did not get to play, but I had planned on doing some acoustic stuff with, uh, with Obscurity. Mm-hmm. Which we literally practiced two of the songs in the hallway mm-hmm. for the first time the day of the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. I thought that when you said, I mean, I thought, because I knew I was coming in at that time, yeah. I thought, oh, this is this is his thing. And I was like, okay, I boy, the name sounded to be a lot heavier, which uh, is funny because <laughs> it works. Yeah. Um, I'm, unfortunately, uh, like... We didn't get to play, but I had my acoustic guitar mm-hmm. with me, and to be able to kill some time, uh, I went up and I played a few songs. You know, I did a couple with Dominic. Mm-hmm. Um, w- with him, I did All Apologies by Nirvana, and then we did uh, Bad Moon Rising by Credence, and then Snuff by Slipknot. Yeah, and then I just like off the totally off the top of my head, and that's I think I, I think I actually came in on. You probably right after all apologies, right during all apologies. Yeah, because I I kept hearing. I was like, there was a guy. Anybody got any requests? I go, Nick, go back and nothing. I was like, oh shit! It's like he had to have heard that. I didn't, or else I would have. Or <laughs> oh, you would have. You would not have sung Nickelback. I might have done Rockstar. <laughs> I because I do know it. No, first you would have insulted me. Let's, probably. Let's be honest here. If I would have known it was you, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I whipped out. Uh, I I whipped out my stripped down acoustic version of Diamonds and Rust. Yeah. One of my favorite Priest songs. Uh, you know, just a, a really fun song. Uh, uh, what the heck else did I play? Uh, Let Her Cry by Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah. She Talks to Angels. Yes, that one. Yeah, you got a little, you got choked up at that one. Yeah, my mom had a walkout. Mm-hmm. My mom had a walkout. Um I mean, just because of the subject matter, it's, you know, it's a very, mm-hmm. very, very touching song. And uh, Chuck got up uh, got up with me and played drums, and we did live in After Midnight, so we had two-thirds of blood clot up there. Yeah, did Chuck lose weight? Stop it. He listens to this, and I call him fat all the time. No, well, well I'm not. I, I no, no, Chuck, um, Chuck's, in his, Chuck's in his summer build. <laughs> Lisa asked... I did. I did see. I did see who it was at first. At least it was like, who's the guy in the headband over there, right? Yeah. And when I turned around, his head wasn't. His face wasn't to me. 
Uh-huh. And I I have no idea. I mean, they know a lot of people. I don't know who any, really anybody is. And it was Chuck. Yeah, it was Chuck. I said, oh, yeah, that's that's the guy that owns the Halls of Horror. That's the one that drove us down to the arena and Guar show. Yeah. And I, I started pointing everyone else out that was there. It was yeah. like... Um, uh, but uh, real quick, let me give a shout out to the rest of the bands that performed. Uh, the opening act, Persephone, they were they were a really good band. It's a bunch of kids, mm-hmm. um, younger dudes. Uh, Cody, the bass player, works at the uh, Country Harvest. Okay, so that's how I know him, and I wanted to give them you know a stage to play on because it's all about the music and uh, obscurity. Dominic. Fucking love you, dude, man. Uh, we gotta we gotta hook up and actually write something, and do a, a proper collaboration. Let's make this happen. And then uh, last mistake: Doug Wargo, Scott Romali, mm-hmm. John Nickel, and Jimmy Munjone. Great band, great guys. Um, then you, of course you had next. Uh, the next band that played was uh, Living the Dream, which is. My friend Beans and my friend Gabe. Uh, Beans works at Palmer and Auto. Yeah. I've known Gabe for a long time. Gabe Fritz. Yep. Uh, excellent band. Those guys fucking killed it. Um, Tim, Fuzz, Max, the rest of the guys in Living the Dream. Thank you so much. And then our headliner, of course, was my brothers in Deprived. Um, Chad, Mike, Tyler. Thank you guys for coming out. Thank you for everything that you did. Thank you for sticking around or being there Friday night to set up and sticking around Saturday night to tear down so Chuck and I didn't have to do it all by ourselves. Mm. Thank you so much. Um, check out Deprived on all your all your socials. Check them out on Spotify. Their new EP is getting ready to drop. Really good band. Really good dudes. I fucking love Deprived. But that's the update on the uh, Remembering Mark show. That's good. Yep. That's good that everybody... Yeah, I was happy that uh, that Lisa Kern got the Catan game. Yeah. Which I thought was hilarious because she had told me she had said setting up that she wanted it. Yeah, that's good. And that, and then she's like, well, you know, she can't get people to play games at her house. Uh-huh. And I said, well, come on down. Yeah, they, they live right next to me pretty much. So it's like, come yeah. on down. And then she she's telling me that she has a coworker uh-huh. who also has been to games and all that. I said, I said it's Sonya, isn't it? I said, yeah, because I I work with her. We work at the same place. Yeah. So it's <laughs> well, well. Speaking of that freaking basket raffle. Yeah. Speaking of that basket <laughs> raffle, I was really happy because I won the painting that my sister did. Yeah, that was really nice. Um, my sister, uh, my sister, um, she does pour art. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, pours the paint on the canvas and, you know, swirls. And it's, there's a, I actually watched some of her videos of this. And there's a lot that really goes into it. It's not just like throwing shit on a canvas. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that goes into it. And my sister's got a, she's really talented at it. She made one. I asked her to do one for me for the auction. And uh, she incorporated, the color scheme she used was, Turquoise, purple, and black. Mm-hmm. Turquoise and purple, of course, being the colors for suicide prevention awareness. And uh, she doesn't normally name her works, but she called this one Hold On, mm. which is really fitting. And I was 
I, I, I'm so happy that I wanted. I hung, it's hanging up in the in the living room now. Um, I also end. What the hell else did I end up with? The blender. No, that was <laughs> Alistair. Okay, now my my twelve year old. We get you know he he we give him money. He gets basket raffle tickets. He says, "Dad, I'm trying to win a blender." I said, "What the hell do you need a blender for?" I don't know. Sure as shit, he wins a goddamn blender. But it is a very nice blender. I haven't used it yet, but it's very nice. Yeah, Alistair won a goddamn blender. <sighs> but yeah, um, good stuff. A lot of, lot of good stuff. I mean, we had uh, most of the food was gone, but we mm-hmm. did have an overabundance left of baked beans and uh, pasta salad. Mm. But like all the hamburger barbecue was gone, the hot dogs were gone, the holushki, the pierogi. Holushki was was good. Ah, uh, thank Doug Wargo for that. Mm-hmm. Yep, Doug made the holushki. Um, yeah, we uh we did we did really well. I think next year, um, I might drive myself a little battier with this because I want to get some of the local media outlets involved. Oh, definitely. I want to get TV thirteen involved. I want to get the Times. Oh News yeah, involved. this is the kind of story they jump all over. I would like to get them involved and see what we can really do. Yeah. With proper um with proper advertisement and you know some mass media exposure. I'll tell you what, they were they were when we left they were pretty packed in there. Yeah. We had a so, and like I said that was all through social media and you know through Facebook and through a couple of, and through some flyers in town. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh thank you very much. Thank you to everybody who donated. Thank you to everybody who came out. Um, it just shows that, you know, it shows a few things. It shows that Palmerton really is a wonderful community. Mm-hmm. Palmerton is a wonderful community. And it it's another glowing example of the reach and the impact that Mark had on people's lives. Mm-hmm. You know, because I've done events for other people where I didn't have this type of turnout. But Mark was universally loved. Everyone who knew him loved him. Yeah, you know, uh, just such a uh, such a great guy, and uh, we're actually next week is the anniversary of his passing. Mm-hmm. So, so that was that. Okay, what's in the bag? Well, um, Lisa felt bad about the foie gras chips, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to say that because I didn't feel bad about it at all. Sometimes you get what you goddamn deserve. Now, no, you ate one too. Yeah, I know. I actually gave them someone at work actually really liked them and he he took the rest of the bag. Does he eat dirt? I don't know. I don't know. So, there wasn't <laughs> much in this bag that uh there was a few things that uh this is one. This is a bonus. Okay. Okay. And I know with our, you know, our sugar things, we got to watch that's a bonus. You'll enjoy it. That's a lemon drop from uh-huh. Japan. Ooh, a Japanese lemon drop. Yes, yes. That's not bad. Nice little sour kick. A lot of sour kick. That's not bad. I like that. They know sour. Mm. <laughs> now, the two things I got, because I didn't know, I got, we got uh, creamy dill pickle chips from Canada. Oh, Beauty. Or vanilla lime wafers from Brazil. Hmm. I'm still working on this. 
Lemon drop. Wow. <laughs> the sour hit you, didn't it? Yeah. Once you get into the hard part of the candy. Wow, the sour, sour really hit. Oh, the, you the, said it, the sour. The sour really hit. <laughs> yeah, Ryan had one of those, and man, his whole face caved in on itself. <laughs> and when I was leaving, he said, you got to take the lemon drops. You <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Wait till I see you next time, buddy. Oh, man. <laughs> the, the, the taste is nice, but the sour, wow, when it hits, it hits like a train. Damn, son. Yep, that's Japan. Uh, they know their snacks. Yes, they do. I don't know. What, do you, what are you feeling? Honestly, well, I, I was going to bring the lime wafers because uh-huh. you can get pickle chips in America. And yeah. I actually, uh, the, the, I, I had these before, uh-huh. um, like an American version of them. So I, I love pickle chips. Yeah. But I, I wanted to say, if you don't want the wafer, then you can have the boring pickle chip. Well, let's let's do the wafer. Wafer, one from Brazil. Brazil. Mm-hmm. What part of Brazil? Sao Paulo. How the hell should I know what part of Brazil? It's, I can't even, okay, it's Curitiba. Um, I, I don't know, I can't, I, I can't read Spanish. Hang on, it's Portuguese. Oh, don't be so pedantic. They speak Portuguese. I'm sure they speak Spanish as well. It smells limey. Yeah. That's nice. That tastes like a lime. That's nice. Hmm? I like that. It is very good. Mm -hmm. Vanilla lime wafers from Brazil. Now? Now that, that makes us even with the chips. Yeah, we're good now. I'm not. I'm not mad at you for snacks anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It's, they got uh, uh, chocolate filled biscottis. Oh, a biscotti! Yes, yes, yes. But oh, I mean, I, I'm still working my way through that bag. Oh, this this is like my one once a month just indulgence is is that snack pack. <laughs> and I and I enjoy so much. But when I tasted those lemon drops, I tasted the first one. Oh. It just it hits you like a truck. Yeah, course, it does. Of course, I'm stupid that the first thing I do is bite into it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I didn't bite into it right away. Uh, yeah, there was some uh, peach uh, gummies. Ooh. Oh, they were delicious. Mm. Yeah, they were like. They, it was a very it was a very fruit peachy sm- uh, uh, taste. So it was, oh, it was just very good. Oh shit! You know what else? I think now that you're talking about uh, subscription, that since you're. Like talking mm-hmm. about the subscription box. Yeah. Rootless Coffee is now offering the Danhausen Coffee Housing <laughs> as a subscription. Nice. Yes, I think I'm gonna have to subscribe because I've gotten the coffee, and it's quite good. Um, it, Danhausen wow. Coffee Housing, the energy beans of some sort. <laughs> the energy beans. Yes, there. It's it's actually really good coffee, mm. and I won that fucking Keurig. That it's all right. You did win the Keurig. Yeah, I, I won the Keurig. But now I gotta get the um, I gotta get the uh, reusable mm-hmm. strainer, uh, the reusable basket. No, for... just just, uh, just use all the the Keurigs up. Oh, I'm going to, but I need that for like when I get my Danhausen coffee housing. Mm-hmm. If I if I still drink coffee, I have one of those on my desk at work. Yep, because it's very nice, very evil. Mm-hmm. And now the thing with Danhausen with the with the subscription to the coffee housing mm-hmm. is there Willy Wonka in this shit. There's gonna be signed gold bags <laughs> of the of the coffee housing. 
Nice. Yes. And like random people, uh, certain people, like random people are going to get uh, Danhausen merch with their coffee. Nice. Yeah, it's cool stuff. I uh, mm. I like I like the fact that Dan How- that Danhausen is doing things like that. He's very fan friendly. Oh, very. Yeah, extremely fan friendly. He's very nice. Very evil. Yeah. I saw, and it's it's tangibly related to Danhausen. You know Orange Cassidy. Yeah. You know the goofy stuff he kind of pulls. Yeah. Right. Somebody that I don't think knows wrestling. Uh huh. Um, posted a video of an Orange Cassidy match. Where he was in some sort of a swing maneuver uh-huh. and fell asleep. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, and they're and they're pretty much like you know deriding the whole thing. And I was like, well, you obviously don't know who Orange Cassidy is, do you? Right. It's like you don't know the gimmick. Yeah. If you if you know the gimmick, you don't deride it. Now, if Seth Rollins would pull that, yeah, it would it would be what are you doing? But but Orange Cassidy. Oh, I'm such a fan of his now. T- um, it's such a it's I don't you know, since we're kind of going down the wrestling rabbit hole a little bit. Did you uh, see the new AEW show? No. AEW now has a show on Friday nights okay. called Rampage. This past Friday night's episode was from the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And I got to give Tony Khan all the credit in the world for what he did. CM Punk made his return to professional wrestling. Yep. And Tony Khan booked it perfectly. He did it perfectly. First off, you're in you're in Punk's hometown. Right. You're in Chicago. They had Punk start the show. Mm-hmm. So the show goes up. You know, the show goes up on the air, and you hear fifteen thousand people chanting CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, and the piece de resistance, pièce de résistance, if you will. Tony Khan licensed Cult of Personality. Nice. Yes. You hear... You hear the opening, the guitar riff, the Cult of Personality, and the place blew the fucking roof off. I have not heard a pop like that in years. Mm. But, to be fair, it's CM Punk in Chicago in a wrestling ring for the first time in seven years. Yeah. Did it right. And he gave Punk... The the whole segment lasted like 20 minutes because Punk took the entire song to make his entrance. (laughs) Okay? Yeah. And then he walked around the ring and did his whole thing and then cut a 10-minute promo. Jeez. Yep, they gave him 10 minutes, 10 minutes uninterrupted in the ring with a mic and just let him riff. And Punk, he was like, I didn't... I didn't plan on anything. I didn't plan on what to say because I truly don't know what the hell I'm going to say. But CM Punk is back, and I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I just hope that Punk has... Well, I, I know Punk has the good sense to veto any any stupid ideas. Mm-hmm. And he's going to... Obviously, he's going to have the, the, the stroke to veto any stupid ideas. Yeah, um, but they've already booked. They've already set up his first match, and it's going to be good. I'm actually going to buy an AEW pay per view. Nice. CM Punk wrestling live in Chicago against Darby Allen. Okay, that's going to be good. 
He called out Darby Allen his first night in the company. Nice. Um, now the next one to show up is going to be uh, Daniel Bryan. That that's been rumored for a while. I I am still surprised that like the WWE just doesn't seem like it even cares anymore. Well, and it, I don't know what it is. Well, it just it seems like a lot of laziness. See, I think that has something to do with it. But it you know back in the territory days, a guy would have his run, say in Georgia. Okay, mm-hmm. he would have his run in Georgia. He'd go away. He'd go to. He'd go to Mid-South or he'd go to Memphis or wherever, mm-hmm. have a run there, have a run in another place, and then two years later, loop back to Georgia. Yeah. How can I miss you if you don't go away? Yeah. And now with WWE being the only game in town other than AEW, really, yeah, there's no turnover of the roster. It's the same faces over and over mm-hmm. and over again. So, like, the mass cuts that we've seen lately from WWE, I think in one, in some ways is their way of, like, turning over the roster. But um, also this weekend was NXT's TakeOver, and it was su- and SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Saturday night was SummerSlam. Sunday night was NXT TakeOver 36. And it's seeming like Sunday at the TakeOver was Adam Cole's last night in WWE. Okay. He lost two out of three falls clean to Kyle O'Reilly, including tapping out in the third and final fall. You know, beat Flatter in a plate of piss. You know, even though it was a great competitive match, which you knew it would be with him and Kyle O'Reilly. You just knew that was going to tear the house down. But Adam Cole's leaving. Mm-hmm. From the look, from all the, from the way everything looks, and it makes sense because his his fiance wrestles for AEW. Yeah, and I just I just think there needs to be some variety. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, it's like you look at a match, and it's like there's four people in the ring, and everybody has black trunks and black boots. You know, it's like look it up a little bit. Yeah. Did you didn't by chance watch any of SummerSlam? Did no, you? no, Ryan didn't. I kind of caught some as he was watching it. Okay, um, a quick recap. I don't want to go too deep into the into the show, but um, RK Bro mm-hmm. is the new Raw Tag Team Champions. They beat AJ Styles and Omos, 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 whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, so I, I knew that was coming. It's it. Oh yeah, and you know, six months from now, or not even six months from now. We're going to have the heel turn. I think Omos is going to be for the company for too long. Just based on WWE history. I don't know. Now, big guys, every time they get a big guy, and I mean a tall big guy. Yeah. You know, they start him off as like this unstoppable force. And then eventually he turns into a goof. See Braun Strowman. Yeah. Uh, Gonza- uh, Giant Gonzalez. Well. Uh, El Gigante. El Gigante, yeah. Well, to be to be fair to Jorge Gonzalez, the giant Gonzalez, yeah. El Gigante. To be fair to Jorge, he never had a knack for the business. He never had an he ever never had a knack for the business. He was a big gangly 7 foot yeah. 6 or you know Argentinian dude. I know, but it just seems like the WWE has just a track record right. of big guys. They start off like that and then they turn goofy. Well, they even did it the Big Show. Big Show? Yeah. Big show too. They turned show into a goof. 
um, they turned Braun Strowman into a goof. Yeah, and you know Braun Strowman. I uh, to be to be fair, a guy like Braun is going to have a limited shelf life anyway. Yeah, um, he's an attraction. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be your main event ever I, for year after year. After I year. would have liked to have seen him just keep on the, the championship. I would have liked to have seen him have a, a decent run with it. You know, but he's he's an he's an attraction. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, WWE on Saturday night pulled the old bait and switch because right. they kept advertising Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks up until I heard about the that, yeah. video package before the match. They played the video package for Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks mm-hmm. going into the match. And then they announce that Sasha can't go. Mm-hmm. And they bring out Becky Lynch. Yep. I'm glad to see Becky back. But you knew a while ago that Sasha wasn't going to be able to compete. There was Mm -hmm. a better way to do it. There was a better way to do it. It's going to be Bianca Belair versus a mystery opponent at SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sasha Banks is not medically cleared to wrestle. So we're going to have a mystery opponent and yada, yada, yada. There's a better way to do it. Now, that being said, Allegiant Stadium fucking popped hard when Becky Lynch came out because it's Becky Lynch. Where I really disagree with the way they did it was they had Becky Lynch beat Bianca Belair flat in 30 seconds. Uh, I hate those short squash matches. 30 seconds. Uh. That should not have happened to Bianca Mm. Belair. She the, the, that girl's got a world of talent mm-hmm. and a world of potential. She's she's a star. She's going to be part of you know the next generation of the women's evolution, if you will. Yeah. And sticking with the women, of course, um, Charlotte Flair regains the Raw Women's Championship. Great match. Uh, you know, really good match. Uh, and they they had the right girl get beat. They had Nikki get beat. Yeah. Um, that almost a superhero gimmick is fucking stupid. Hey, come on. It's it, it's fucking stupid. Just... You know, it, it's stupid. If you're if you weren't gonna give Liv Morgan or um Liv Morgan or one of the other girls that could use a push, you know, uh, like an elevation up the card, if you weren't gonna give her money one of that money in the bank, mm. then you should have just had just had fucking Rhea or Charlotte win it. You know, not Nikki Cross. I do like Nikki Cross is doing something different. I like Nikki Cross. I don't like Nikki A.S.H. But but I like, no, what I like about the gimmick itself is that it's different. In the women's division, and they only seem to have the, you're either pretty Uh or you're a biker chick and like a punk mean, you know? Yeah. You know, it, it's either, you know, like someone like Charlotte Flair, who's the like the Barbie doll, the model kind yeah. of thing. And they're in a or and I'm drawing a blank on the name. I've been trying to to get the uh, the one that that beat her. Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley or the Rhea Ripley type. When you even had the riot squad, you have that biker punk persona. Yeah. It's like one or the other. At least Nikki Cross has a different one. Even when she was just Nikki Cross, you know, she was different. When she was the psycho bitch, 
Yeah. You well, know? there's also there, that also also is a trope that has kind of run its course. Yeah. Well. Well. Well, since you brought up Ruby, uh, the Riot Squad. Yeah. Ruby Riot is rumored to be going to AEW mm-hmm. as well, but she's mm-hmm. not Ruby Riot anymore. Oh. Well, yeah. She's Ruby Soho. Wait, that sounds familiar. It's a rancid song. That's right. That's right. I'm, I'm, no, no. She was on a podcast with Lars. <laughs> she was on a podcast with Lars Fredrickson of Rancid, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Lars said, "Hang on, let me get on the group chat here. <laughs> you got the rights to use the song." <laughs> nice. So now she has she has the rights to use the song Ruby Soho, which is also going to be yeah. Her well, at least it's a punk name. song. I knew I knew it when yeah. you said that. I know that name. Yep. Um, back to how so- hasn't anybody used that before? What Ruby Soho? That is perfect. I know, right? <laughs> and, and she's the right girl for it. Yeah. Um, back to SummerSlam. What the hell else happened? Um, Did Lesnar Lesnar came back right? Uh, we'll get to that at the okay, end. We'll get to that at the end. That was the that was what that was the go home. Um, Edge versus Seth Rollins. Okay. Edge didn't come out to his normal music right away. He didn't okay. come out to Metalingus. All right. He came out to the fucking Broods music at first. Really? Yes. Wow. With the with the flaming entrance and all, it was awesome. The you know the trench coat, the sunglasses. It was a throwback to Edge's days with the Brood. Wow! And because he did the bloodbath on Chris on on Christian on uh, Rollins a couple of weeks ago on SmackDown. Okay, yeah. So uh, you know, and he's saying, "I'm going to a dark place. I'm going to that dark place I haven't been in a long time." Well. He came out with the, he did the, you know, the, the brood entrance, the mm. whole schmear. It was awesome. And then he gets to the middle of the, he got to the middle of the entrance way. And that's when Metalingus hit mm-hmm. and he did the, you know, the current edge entrance. Yeah. Great match as you knew it would be. And edge goes over by, via tap out. Mm. Okay. Edge gets the tap out. Uh, good stuff. And, and, you know, edge brought back some, uh, Brought back some shit from the old school days. He, you know, he, his old submission hold, the educator. Mm-hmm. Uh, just an excellent match. And you, uh, like, you knew him and Seth would have a good match because they're two just studs. Yeah. Um, then you had Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley. Mm. The right result, but the wrong way to do it. Lashley won. Obviously. Lashley won, but Goldberg, and I don't know why this was booked this way other than there's going to be a return match for fucking some reason, but Lesnar couldn't or or Lesnar wouldn't put him over clean. Mm. It had to be a referee stoppage. Oh, Goldberg can't continue. The referee's calling it off. Uh. No, you fucking lay down in the middle of the goddamn ring. But now, why no. do you say Lesnar? Or not Lesnar, Goldberg. Look, Goldberg, okay. Goldberg. No, you lay down in the middle of the goddamn ring. Mm-hmm. Put him over one, two, three. Okay? Or actually, since it's Bobby Lashley and his finish is a submission hold, mm-hmm. you go out. You don't have to tap out to the hurt lock, but you go out to the hurt lock. Yeah. Boom. Done. Put the guy over the right way. Yeah. Then you had a, a classic example of... Uh, of an absolute legend and a first ballot Hall of Famer doing business the right way. John Cena versus Roman Reigns. Cena laid down 
clean one, two, three in the middle of the ring. Because John knows how to do business. Mm. Roman beat him clean one, two, three. Well, I I knew I knew going in both those matches were going to be well. Yeah, it, I knew what I knew the, what the outcomes were going to be too. But there's a way to do business. Yeah, but well, everybody wants to to see the one that's going to beat Lashley, and the one that's going to beat Reigns. Well, the one that's going to beat Reigns showed up at the end of the night. I don't know, and uh, he's going to have at least a run. Brock comes out. Yeah, and the the. They had to have him come out with Reigns. You know, they had to have him come out and face Reigns because who's got who's in Reigns' corner? Yeah, Heyman. Paul Heyman. Mm-hmm. And who was Heyman an advocate for before yeah, Roman Reigns? Yeah, well, story, in storyline, it makes sense. But, of course, with Lesnar and his flakiness with the, the wrestling. It's not his flakiness. It's the contracts he negotiates. It's not our fault. It's not anybody's fault that he negotiates a deal where he's only got to work six times a year. That's what I mean. It's just, it, it seems like a slap in the face of the business to it, me, to me. It in some ways. Yes. But in, in Brock's business, it's fucking mm. great business. He made more, he made more for that night than half of the card. I know. I know. I, I, I you know, I was a fan of Lesnar when he was like a full-time guy. Yeah. You know, and I loved another guy. I just I just love what what they do with him, and I always felt like because with him, you know, I don't think there is a kayfabe. I really don't. No, I think he hates everyone. He does because he, I've seen I've seen video of him, and it doesn't matter if he's a face or heel. If people meet him outside of the re- of of an, an event, he will not sign autographs, and he pretty much you know just treats people like dirt. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. And that's because, like, you know, you know, he doesn't have to, like, you know, play the jerk in the ring. He's a jerk. Right. You know, well, so when he if he plays a face, I really kind of find I find it hard to be able to cheer for him because I know that's the act. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That uh, I, I agree. I got to agree with you. That is yeah. you know, him being a nice guy is the act. Yeah. Um, but, you know, oh, no, there's no kayfabe with 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 Brock. Um, he's legitimately a bad motherfucker mm-hmm. and legitimately does not like you. Yep. Uh, that that's that's as real as it gets. There's a reason he li- mm-hmm. you know he lives on a massive ranch mm-hmm. in Canada. Yeah, because I mean I've seen you see guys like Batista with the same build. Yeah, and you know, outside of you know when he was even the deacon and all the bad outside of all that he was always like the you know, friendly person. Yeah, he got Brock does not. He does not seem like the type that even wants to work with people. No, I mean, there, he, in his first run before he quit the business the first time, yeah, he bought that private plane because mm-hmm. I want to be able to go home when I want to go home. Mm-hmm. Okay, he brought he bought a plane, hired a pilot. That way he could, if I want to go home, I'm going the fuck home. Mm-hmm. And now, to his credit, when the fiasco happened the last time they were in Saudi Arabia. And they couldn't get out of Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Brock loaded a, a bunch of people on his private plane and got them out of there. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, that, you know, good on you, Brock. But he's notorious for having very few friends in the business, but being very good to his friends in the business. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bubba Ray Dudley uh, is one of, is actually a really good friend of his. 
in in real life. Uh, Bubba Bubba is like I'm one of the few people that can knock on Brock's door and walk in. You know, knock on Brock's dressing room door and walk in. You know, um, but yeah, that I, I, you're a hundred percent right. He is legitimately not a people person. Yep. But but that's not in a bad thing. I mean, no. you come from like we come from the old school. I mean, you get down on people that are like that. But you know what? Some people live up to their their image. Yeah. I mean, I, like Mick Foley. He he played the most deranged, sadistic <laughs> sons of bitches in you know in wrestling at the time. Um, but Mick is such a nice guy. Yeah. Did you hear? He actually there was a recent thing that happened. Um, I think somebody was given like like Roman Reigns hit somebody with a chair like twenty times or something. Yeah, and Mick Foley said, "Hey, that's that's too much for someone. It's not going to forward anything." Yeah, you didn't need to do that. Yeah, it's not going to advance yeah. the storyline. When, when Mick Foley's telling you to ease up on the chair shots, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, when when Mick's telling you to back off on the chair shots, this is the guy who took fourteen yeah unprotected chair shots. With his hands handcuffed behind his back, mm-hmm. fourteen unprotected chair shots from The Rock, you know, and if you go back and watch that match. Those chair shots were stiff as shit. Still, that match is still brutal to watch to this day. Yeah, it it is, and uh, you know, I mean, a lot of mixed stuff is brutal to watch to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Brock did send the fans home happy at Allegiant Stadium on Saturday night. After after the show went off the air, yeah, he f five the fuck out of Cena. <laughs> nice. He f five the living shit out of John. And, and John always sells the f five really well. He goes mm-hmm. up really big for it. But oh my god, there's there, the video. I saw the video. He f five the living shit out of him. But it was all, it was nice to see John back for. It was nice to see Cena back. Um, he's. I didn't ever not like Cena. There was always a thing that I never didn't like him because I remember when he was the rapper gimmick. I love the rapper gimmick. And it was that Halloween, it was a Halloween episode yep. that he started becoming this rapper and it became, and I kind of enjoyed it because I thought, and at first I thought he's like taking the piss out of people who like listen to Eminem and like the suburban white guys. Right. Who, who and I thought that was great. I thought he was taking, I didn't realize that this is like, oh, this is okay. This is a thing. He's actually a rapper. Plus, he's great on the mic. Oh, yeah, he wrote all his own. He wrote all yeah. his own or did all his own freestyles. He wrote all of those. Yeah, and he was, you know, I thought it was really good, and especially when he and then when he gave Roman Reigns the business. Yeah, that you know, hey, you got to work on your mic skills right in the ring. Yeah, you know, you got to tell it like it is too. I mean, I never didn't like Cena. I never had a problem with Cena. John, I, I even enjoyed the spinner belt. John Cena. I have a. I actually have a cop sort of a uh mini replica of the spinner belt i yeah. have the rated r okay i have the rated r spinner because i'm a i'm a edgehead from way mm-hmm. back um but cena is the nickelback of pro wrestling <laughs> and you know what i feel about nickelback it's fashionable yeah. to hate cena yeah i don't hate john cena neither do i the guy is fantastic at yeah. what he does. And the, and the funny part is, he has the, the, I don't know, does he still call it the five-knuckle shuffle? Or, yep. did, or did they rename it? Nope, it's still the five-knuckle shuffle. Okay, now, that move is as silly as the people's elbow. Yes. <laughs> and I think, if, if if I was a bet man, I'd say that's one of those moves that get made up to make fun of the people's elbow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. I mean, 
the they the ones that they did change the names that they did change was the fu became the aa the attitude adjustment oh i okay like his his re- almost reverse death valley driver type yeah deal. um that that used to be the fu now it's the aa okay and uh he used an stf yeah now it's the stfu or no, it used to be the stfu now it's yeah. just an stf okay um yeah, John Cena is the Nickelback of pro wrestling. He's never he's never gonna be Ricky Steamboat in the ring. No, he's never gonna be Ric Flair in the ring. Nope. But he's really he's never gonna be Roddy Piper on the mic. But he's fucking good at what he does. Oh yeah, he's really good. Yeah, at what I he enjoy does. I enjoy Cena matches. I know if you're gonna see a Cena match, you're actually gonna get a good match. Yeah, and the thing is, I, I, and I've been watching. I've been watching pro wrestling most of my life. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching John Cena from his debut yep. when he showed up and you know faced off with Kurt Angle. I've been watching him from the time he came up from OVW. Mm-hmm. I've very rarely seen him have I can't even in you know going through my mental database. I cannot think of a bad John Cena match where it just fell off the, you know, fell off. Yeah. He can have a good match with pretty much anybody. And the guy's pushing 50 years old now. Did he have the match with Shane McMahon where they were supposed to do a throw through the... That was Kurt. A win- okay. I knew, was, there was, I knew there was a throw through the window spot that got screwed up. That was Kurt at the King window of the didn't Ring. break. Yeah, that was Kurt at King of the Ring. Okay. Yeah, because... I. You watch so much this sometimes things, but even then, but John Cena, like yeah, John Cena, Kurt Angle, that whole pantheon of wrestlers, everybody was different. Yeah, everybody had a different style. Everybody had a different gimmick. Everybody did something different. Yeah, you know, and that's why even though people don't like guys like Big E, I do enjoy watching Big E because Big- because he looks different than just an angry person in a black singlet. E is fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I like watching Big E stuff, and I, I'm kind of, I, I'm kind of torn, because I loved, I loved the as cheesy and goofy as they were. I love the New Day. Okay, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the New Day. They're fun. It's fun. Big E breaking away from the New Day. You know when they did the draft and split the New Day mm-hmm. up. Big E, if they did it right. Turn that son of a bitch heel. Turn him heel. You've got a monster. Because mm-hmm. look at I mean, the size of him. Oh, yeah. And he can move and he's athletic and he can talk. You can, like in the territory days, Big E would have been a huge heel. Oh, yeah. E would have been a huge heel. You know. Um, oh, speaking of freaking the New Day. Kofi Kingston debuted, uh, not Kofi, Kofi's been away for a little bit. I don't know what's up with him. Woods debuted new ring gear. Okay. Razor Ramon inspired. Oh, jeez. Red and black with the razor <laughs> blades. And um, instead of NWO, it's New Day yeah. in the NWO font. <laughs> it was pretty cool. And he came out summer. He came out at SummerSlam with his hair slicked back but the but the one little greasy razor Ramon curl yeah. it was it was cool i liked to see i i loved it it was a nice little homage to scott hall um um last night on raw or monday on raw they broke up miz and morrison oh 
Yeah, uh, Miz turned on Morrison. Uh, well, that doesn't surprise me. No, nah, Miz has to be the heel. Yeah. Miz has to be the heel there. Is he still in the wheelchair? No, that was part of it. Okay. Uh, Damian Priest got him out of the wheel. Oh, shit, I forgot about that. Uh, and I'll get to it in a second. Um, no, Damian Priest on Raw, you know, exposed the fakery of the wheelchair. Um, well, Damian Priest is now the United States champion. He beat Sheamus at SummerSlam. Okay. Hell of a match. Damian Priest, great guy, great talent. Uh, I would love, I hope that they keep using him properly. Mm -hmm. Damian Priest, he's another guy that's got a unique look. And uh, for a guy his size, he's, he's six foot four, six foot five, yeah. 260 or so, but athletic as shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and he's got charisma for days. He could talk. He could work. That's a guy you could build your future on. Well, hopefully they. Hopefully they do. I hope so too. All right, let's let's move on from wrestling for. A oh, okay. Find something else. Let's find something else. Oh, oh shit! You know, but while I'm thinking of while I'm thinking about it, um, lower the tone here a little bit. Uh, yesterday. Uh, the rock and roll world lost a an absolute legend. Mm. Charlie Watts, the drummer of the Rolling Stones, passed away at uh, the age of 80 yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, was never the flashiest drummer in the world, Mm-mm. but rock solid. Yeah. And like you listen to listen to some of the old classic stone stuff like Paint It Black, um, Sympathy for the Devil. You know, just them, those old classic ro- uh, Rolling Stones songs, Satisfaction. Charlie Watts drives, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that guy, that guy always in the pocket. Great freaking drummer. Um, rest in peace, Charlie. And uh, Keith Richards put up a nice, really nice tribute to him. Um, it was very simple. It was uh, a Gretsch drum set that like Charlie played yeah, with a sign on it that said closed. Mm. Very nice tribute to Keith uh, from Keith Richards. Um, you know, an absolute legend, great drummer. Yeah, I saw, I saw a lot of people posting things online, and I happened to run run across them with that unintentionally funny. Um, and I want to say unintentionally, and it's not even degrading Watts at all. It, if you watch the video for Dancing in the Streets, yeah, um, is it Dancing in the Streets? No, that's what David Bowie, right? Yes, that's Bowie. No, not Bowie. Not that song. There was another song. See, there's, the funny part is... Start Me Up? Yes, that was it. Start Me Up. Watch it with the sound off. Everyone in that band is mugging to the camera. But whenever they get the Watts, he is giving this like goofy smile and shaking his head almost like, I'm, I'm not mugging. <laughs> yeah, like, and I had I had to watch with the sound off because I couldn't get my speakers working. But the video is hilarious with the sound off, just because everybody is just mugging. It's almost like Charlie, like Charlie was too dignified to mug for the camera. Yes, because he he exuded <laughs> that he exuded that air of class. Yeah, you know uh, he always played in a suit. Mm-hmm. You know Char- Charlie always played in a suit. Um, you know, always sat back there, just rock solid, played with a traditional grip instead of, you know, like a straight grip for yeah. a drummer. So he would like the stick, his uh, snare stick 
and his left hand would be like kind of sideways between mm-hmm. the fingers. He you know, always played with a traditional grip. And there's a story out there, um, and Mick Jagger has verified it. Um, one time, him and Charlie Watts got into an argument, and uh, Mick said to Charlie, uh, you know, basically, shut up, you're just my drummer. Mm-hmm. Charlie Watts, in a suit and tie, hauls off, punches Mick Jagger in the fucking mouth, and says, no, you're just my singer. <laughs> Gotta love that. Oh, man. I, I would have loved to have been there for that. <laughs> See, it's like there's a, there's like rock and roll feuds and fights I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for. There are so many. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen, I would have loved to have seen Charlie Watts fucking cold cock Mick Jagger. One that I did get to see on video uh, because Lamb of God, and I got to give him all the credit in the world for actually putting this out there for the world to see. Randy Blythe, our singer, used to mm-hmm. be a raging alcoholic. I mean, horrible. And a miserable, mean drunk. On the Philadelphia video, on the Philadelphia home video, they actually aired the footage of Mark Morton beating the shit out of <laughs> out of Randy outside their bus. Because oh. <laughs> Randy was being a drunken yeah. asshole. And that's what the song Redneck is about mm-hmm. by, by Lamb of God. Um, so goddamn easy to write this. You make, you, you make it spill off the page. So drunk on yourself, self-righteous, a laughing stock on your own fucking stage. Yep. Yeah. Great shit. But yeah, I, there's, there's rock feuds I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for. You know, I think one, I think uh, Kurt Cobain, Axl Rose, Kurt and Axl. I would love. Yes. I mean, the every spat they seem to have had never was on camera, which is amazing. Right. And it was like they and you kept hearing stories from either of them, you know, that. Well, the thing is, the thing with that, with that beef to use, <laughs> uh, to use the term that the kids use, the thing with that beef, it was so on the surface, anyway, it was so one-sided as far as how the outcome of a physical confrontation would go. Yeah. Here's Kurt. Mm-hmm. Quiet, mild-mannered, nice guy, Kurt Cobain. Here's this obnoxious asshole who looks like a fucking biker mm-hmm. or, you know, or looks like a street fighter, yeah. Axl Rose. You think Kurt <laughs> is just going to get his ass handed to him. You know, it, it, it just it, on the surface of it, it looks so one sided on a yeah. physical stand from a physical standpoint. Yeah. And I, and I know that a lot of like people took it as like this weird um, like metaphor of grunge versus hair metal. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. I think it was just each other being assholes. Yeah. And, you know, but it never it, the cameras were never on. No. So all you ever heard was stories of what they did to each other. Yeah, uh, you heard you heard the stories of it. The one I would have liked to have seen happen, I would have loved to have seen like a celebrity boxing match when Vince Neil and Axel had the beef. Oh my god! Oh, didn't Axel have a beef with this one point? That's true. Axel had a beef. Axel had but beef yeah, with everybody. But there was, uh, yeah, there was there was times that everybody, and you know what? The funny part was being fans of this, and, and there, you know, you wonder how much stuff was manufactured at certain points, you know. Because we would get the um, the metal magazines, you know, 
and this one's not talking to this one anymore. This one got thrown off the tour. You know, this one will never tour with this one. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, my God, you know, hey, can, can I still, like, kiss, you know, you know, and the B-52s now or something? He sent me something <laughs> stupid like that. I know, right? You know. <laughs> uh, do you remember Rip Magazine? Oh, I love Rip Magazine. So did I. Larry you, Flint. Lawn Friend. I thought it was Larry Flint. No, Larry Flint was Hustler. Yeah, but Rip was part of Hustler. Uh, Lon Friend was the editor of yeah, Rip. But but I think it might have been under Rip the magazine hu- was under under the Hustler umbrella. Yeah, so Flint was making money. Yeah, yeah, but Lon Friend was the editor. Yeah, he was the editor in chief mm-hmm. of it. You ever think Lon Friend had you know uh, what can we stir up today? What can we stir up today? I think they all did that. Yeah. I mean, because at that time you got Circus, Kerrang, Rip, Hip Parader. Yeah. Metal Edge. You're one of the few people other than me I that I knew back then that had even heard of Kerrang, let alone read Kerrang. I know. There was all these great magazines back then. It was Cream. Like, Cream I never could get into because I always I don't I don't know. The name just I, It was it was a British man. I know, but the name the name just kind of was weird to a to a teenager. Yeah. Well shit. But back but, back then what did we we, we we all read Metal Edge. Oh, you had to read Metal Edge, and Metal Edge was like the was the dirtiest of the dirt mags. Yeah, that was the that, that was mean, the National Enquirer there of was, the Metal Mags. There was no except for the cover. There was no color in it. No, I mean the and the there was no um, edge on the binding. It was done with like a staple in the center. Yeah, and that was it. It was like there was no frills, no gimmicks, but it was all pure content. Yeah. And like a lot of a lot of the shit there that was it was the National Enquirer of the yeah, metal. I still mags. have tons of my metal edges at home. Uh, Hit Parader. Hit Parader was a good one. Circus. S- yep. Circus. Yep. Rip. Rip came around when I was in high school. Yep. That came out. That was a night. That was a late eighties, early nineties. Yep, I wish mag. I would. I had. I wish I would. Actually, yeah. I wish I would have had the. I had the debut magazine. Uh, I wish I would have kept that. Yeah, I ha- I had a subscription to that at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rip was a. Good. That was a fun, that was a cool magazine mm-hmm. for guys like us that weren't just into the hair metal. Oh yeah, because they 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 dove into the more heavy stuff too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, shit. I remember seeing stuff on Cannibal Corpse and Deicide. Yep. In Rip. Oh yeah. You know. Um, yeah, Metal Edge was another one that had everyone everyone in there. Yeah. The and the only thing Metal Edge didn't have was audio clips because. There was some band names out there that I can still remember to this day that had advertisements in there. Yeah. That, well, you they weren't on MTV. They had no airplay. You had to base it just on the name of the songs and the name of the band. Yeah. If you really wanted to get into it. Yeah. See, that was a cool, like, didn't Rip occasionally come with a, like, they would package a cassette with, or a CD with the magazine at, from it, time to time? Rip might have. I know. I definitely know Hit Parader did. Hit Parader did later on. Yeah. Um, I think Rip would package, occasionally they would package like a CD sampler. Yeah. And I have um, a bunch of, this is one that's not so much metal, Guitar World. Oh, God. Yeah. And they and I had a bunch of uh, the um, little discs. Yep. The record discs. The, yep. The, literally a thin sheet of vinyl. Yep. That you could play on your turntable. I used to have a shitload of those. And one of my favorites that I had, and I w- had, and I wish I still had it. Um, you remember the Bloom County cartoons? Yeah. When they when Burke breathed released the Billy and the Boingers bootleg mm-hmm. compilation, there was one of those discs in the back. Nice. 
And the one song was I'm a Boinger by the Harry Pitts Band. <laughs> and the other side was You Stink But I Love You by Mucky Pup. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> oh. I first, I heard it, I'm like, this is fucking Mucky Pup. Because... <laughs> Yeah. I was one of the few people in our circle back yep. then. It was probably me, you, Jeremy Hansen, and a few others yeah. that even knew who Mucky Pup was. Yeah, and that's because we tape traded constantly. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like, did you hear this? Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Yep. You know, and being introduced to this different music all over. Oh, God. In fact, I was listening to Mucky Pup today at work. Nice. Yeah, I, I just threw on my Spotify mix, <laughs> and uh, I think, like, the third or fourth song, Hippies Hate Water, comes on. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, cool, Mucky Pup. I wonder what channel on Pandora I'd have to do to get Mucky Pup to come on. I don't know. But their discography is on Spotify. Yeah. Well, as Pandora is. I have my my Pandora at work. It's 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 really gone the distance. Now I'm like some alternative nineties. Nice. And um eighties and stuff like that. It's just nice to calm down at work. I found that if I listen to too much hard metal, I get angry. No. <laughs> See now like my my uh my liked songs list on like the stuff I that mm-hmm. I uh, is just my liked songs list. I hit, you know, the button on my car play liked songs. Playing songs from your Spotify library. There's all kinds of shit on there. You'll go from and literally you can go the first like one song you'll hear will be like Crystal Mountain by Death, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. Something along those lines, something really hard, really aggressive. The next song is That's As Close As I'll Get to Loving You by Aaron Tippin. Okay. It, it my, my. All right. I know. I know. We're both eclectic. Oh, yeah. Both. My, my playlist is all over the place, dude. Yeah. I really, I don't have so much a playlist anymore. You know, the only playlist that I used to have would uh, I, I had a um, uh, a bunch of songs that I wanted played at my funeral. Yeah. On on shuffle, uh-huh. so no one knew what was coming up. Right. And it's a lot of stuff, of course, by Slayer, Motorhead, yeah. Ailstorm. And I eventually just kind of got rid of that because I ain't having a funeral anyway. <laughs> so there's no point of having a playlist. Now, yeah, I, 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 my, my liked songs on my Spotify is all over the place. And I got some, I got some really obscure stuff on there that you wouldn't think I would have. Yeah. Not necessarily obscure, but, um, a lot, there's some very obscure stuff on there, but there's some shit you would absolutely not expect yeah. me to have on my list. You're a fan of music. So yes. some, sometimes I see the things that, uh, that you post, and I know that you are a fan of, of like the listening to the music and and hearing the notes and the chords and the whatnots, and that's why I still don't understand why you're a fan of Lamb of God. Why? They're so good. They they are honestly they are until those if the if the lyrics start. I love Randy's vocals because um oh god now I'm, I'm blanking on this. Walk with me. Walk with me in hell. I love, I love that song. However. I like it, with not the album version. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just very overly aggressive. Randy's Randy has ang- had anger issues. Yeah. But I love I mean, the song. Oh, 
Well, you should listen to uh, you should listen to some of the later stuff. Like listen to the yeah. song Five One Two. Yeah, walk with me when we went to see them at the Stantander. Yeah, I I absolutely love that song. That and I love the delivery and it was wonderful, but the but when I listen to the album, it's like it's just that oh I cannot get over that. Yeah, Randy Randy has a very distinctive vocal mm-hmm. style, even for the like the extremely heavy yeah. commu- metal community. You can tell Randy Blythe's voice anywhere. Mm-hmm. You hear like the he first comes in. Oh shit, that's Lamb of God. Nobody mm-hmm. else sings like that. Yep, and. I, I personally, I love his vocal style. I And it fits perfectly with Lamb of God's music. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's, like, dude, one on my liked songs playlist that would absolutely blow your mind. She's Like the Wind by Patrick Swayze. Well, not too bl- mind-blowing. It's, it's, it's not a bad song. It's actually, it's a beautiful song. Yeah. I, I know every word. <laughs> I sing along to it every time it comes on. Yeah, if you if you saw my full music collection, I mean it's it's there's there's some strange oddities. Oh, in I know. I've but, I, I I've seen some. I've seen quite a bit of it. I think I think a lot of the Renaissance type music, like Blackmore's Night and Darkmore. Oh God! And oh God, I love Richie Blackmore so much. Yeah, and um, it, it just um, Hammerfall. Yeah, the Scandinavian stuff. I mean, they know how to rock. Oh, yeah. And they just bring, like, a wonderful operatic into it. That's just... See, now, like, my Scandinavian... Oh. You're right, though. There's, there's, some of the Scandinavian stuff does have that beautiful operatic mm-hmm. quality to it. Yes. But a lot of the Norwegian and Scandinavian <laughs> yeah. shit that I listen to yeah. is the opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum. I listen... Because I listen to a lot of black metal. Yeah. You know, I listen to... Uh, I, lo- I love Bathory. Mm-hmm. You know, which is, like the genesis of nor of scandinavian black metal Quarthon, mm-hmm. kothar and vorinth actually all Quarthon in the studio but those guys there would be no black metal there would have been no burzum there would have been no mayhem or bands like that without what bathory did yeah and it sounded like it was recorded on a ghetto blaster in a basement <laughs> yeah. you know it, it, and that's part of the appeal of it to me is it's so poorly produced. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I can do better with this two channel mixer and audacity. Yeah. You know, I can do better production with this in this basement, but I still love it. You know, but you talk about Blackmore's night. Oh my God. Richie Blackmore mm-hmm. was one of my, is one of my, Guitar heroes. Yeah. I love Richie Blackmore. From his stuff with Deep Purple to Rainbow. And then he said, fuck rock and roll. Yep. And did the Blackmore's Night thing. And Blackmore's Night, it's 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 different, but it's really good. Yeah, it's it's almost like you're in a Renaissance fair. Yep. And that's and there's a lot of bands that I like that kind of do that kind of thing. Yeah. And I love that and I love Celtic music. Yeah. Is another one of my Absolute favorites, nice. You know, like Albanock, um, Tartan Terrors. Hey, I've heard the Tartan yeah. Terrors. Of course, I like Dropkick Murphys and Flogging Molly. Yeah, um, God, Celtic punk. Yeah. Now, what? Oh, what was the one? I can't remember the name of the band now. Off. Oh, uh, Enter the Haggis. Never heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> Enter the Haggis. Yeah. 
<laughs> no. They're, yeah, they're another one. They're really good. They actually tried to change. They tried to change their image because they they completely changed their music style uh-huh. and was trying to be more like I guess Weezer and things like that. Yeah, changed their name. They didn't even get to release the album because the fans backlashed it so hard. Really, and they changed the name back to Enter the Haggis, <laughs> <laughs> and like that album doesn't exist. oh man you know it's almost like if now it's almost like is after the load album yeah uh people looked at the band on the back of the album and said uh no and they grew their hair back and said we're sorry (laughs) (laughs) well if you remember alice in chains uh unplugged episode okay okay the unplugged episode with alice in chains uh mike star has wrote on his bass before the show because mm-hmm. he knew Metallica was in the audience. Yeah. Friends don't let friends get friends' haircuts. <laughs> yeah, amazing how big of a scandal or Mike that Innes, was. not Mike yeah. Starr. Amazing how much of a big a scandal that was back then. I know. I, uh, Dude, can you believe Metallica cut their hair? Oh, who cares? Yeah, well, I don't know. I was probably in that camp too at the time because it was just like, you know, oh my God, it... What does this mean? The the biggest <laughs> scandal to me was that there was no guitar solos on Saint Anger. Saint Anger, I can still remember that that dropped on my anniversary, and the premiere of the video, I I wanted to watch it. Yeah. So I was in a hotel room watching that video, and I'm like, and of course, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> was it the video for Saint Anger? Yeah, or they're in San the Quentin. Yeah, no, yeah, we're in the San Quentin one. Yeah, and I was like, "What the hell was that? That's, this is terrible." It's like that wasn't my initial reaction. My my initial reaction wasn't this is terrible. My re- initial reaction is, "What is this? <laughs> what what is this?" And I mean, there's some stuff on Saint Anger I don't hate. Mm. Um, there's some stuff on St. Anger I don't hate, but there's some stuff that's just like, what are you doing? Yeah, I just don't like the album, and it's one of those albums that is just, it's it's going to fall off, and I'm not going to listen to it anymore. Yeah. You know? But uh, to be to be completely fair and honest, I have not listened to Metallica, you know, like sought out Metallica mm-hmm. to listen to in a long time. No, they, yeah, I, I think <clears throat> at this point in their career, they don't even need to release anything new. No, they don't. Um, I mean, they're, they don't need to release anything new and they're still going to fill stadiums. Yeah. They're still going to fill football stadiums, you know, and you know, good on them, you know? Yeah. They, they, they have a lot of, uh, they have a great, a lot of catalog of one album is going to be one that I don't care for. There it is. I don't, doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, there's two, but that I really don't care for. And that's, uh, low, uh, St. Anger. Which does have a few decent songs on mm-hmm. it. And that hunk of shit they did with Lou Reed. I don't count that as a Metallica album. <laughs> I, I kind of forget that one. A lot of people do. Yeah, that's a Lou Reed album. Yeah. Um, you can't prove Metallica played on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, that, 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 yeah, that one, I heard one track to it, and I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah, I I think I had the same reaction. I heard the I heard the first like the first track they released off, and I'm like, "Nah, I'm good." 
I think I'll pass on this one. That to this day, that is the mm-hmm. only Metallica. Oh no, it's not the only Metallica ab- album I have not bought. Mm. I did not buy a hard- Hardwired either. That was the last one. I forgot about that one. I bought everything up to mm. Death Magnetic. Okay. I did not buy. What is it, Lola? Yeah, Lola was the Lou Reed. And I did not buy Hardwired. Ugh. I re- I I remember when the uh, live shit binge and purge mm-hmm. yeah box set dropped. I was stationed in I was stationed <laughs> in Georgia. The day it dropped, guess who was at the PX? Uh, you, you got it. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I got it the day it dropped. Uh, oddly enough, I was in Georgia when the Misfits box set dropped. The day that dropped, I bought the coffin box. Wow, there's something that you don't. Box sets. I know. The one that I, I bought, the Pandora's box. I have that, too. Yeah. One of mine is now missing a tape. Oh, you bought it on cassette. <laughs> That's how old it is, man. I know, right? I <laughs> like- When I finally bought it, because <laughs> I'm not the biggest Aerosmith fan. Mm-hmm. When I finally bought it, I bought it on CD. Yeah, I don't think I had any Aerosmith. No, the first, yeah, the first Aerosmith I think I got on CD was Pump. Really? Yeah. Because I was, yeah, I was, yeah, Pump. I can still remember us sitting in the parking lot listening to Get a Grip, too. Yep. <laughs> good. That's a good record. You didn't think so at the time. It's grown on <laughs> you, me. You hated the cover. You hated. Uh, the cow. You hated that cover. The cow, I did. I With did the nipple ring. But the one song, <laughs> the one song that I loved off of that from Jump Street was "Living on the Edge." That one, eh, that one, I, uh, I think that was probably the start of where. Okay, this is. I think the um, Alicia Silverstone and D- Danny Furlong stuff in the videos just was really starting to like irritate me. Yeah, I, I really, I really, to, I really to this day like mm-hmm. that song. I like "Living on the Edge." That's a good song. Yes. Now I think though that right around that time was where it, they started kind of, you know. And once that um, don't want to fall asleep, don't want to miss a thing. That's the one. I was like almost completely off board with them from our, the Armageddon soundtrack. Yeah, it was just like, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, Aerosmith got they've got some great stuff in their catalog mm-hmm. too. Uh, I can't deny that. But I just I just fell off the wagon later on. Yeah, although I still love them. Yeah, still had a great time seeing them live. I I I I tell you what, I saw I got to see them live on the permanent vacation tour mm-hmm. with uh, GNR opening for them. Ooh, damn. Yeah, Aerosmith saved the day because <laughs> Guns and Roses was horrible. Oh wow, they were terrible. Slash was so fucked up he nearly fell off stage multiple times. Mm. Axel was threatening to take, go figure, was threatening to take his band off stage. <laughs> if everybody doesn't move back, we're fucking leaving. Because people were at the front of the stage getting into the fucking music. Dick. Yeah, well. Aerosmith came out, played two hours, and blistered that crowd. I got, I, you know, I got a lot of respect for Aerosmith as a live act. Those guys were fantastic live. The only person at a concert I think I've ever seen get a good reaction when they tell people to do something is Tom Maria. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but calm down. Shh, quiet, quiet, calm, calm. Right? Dad Tom. Right? 
Now everybody take one step backwards, and like at, in unison. <laughs> yep. It's like all right now, and he just screams war ensemble. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's always it was always fun to watch Dad Tom morph into to yeah. to Tom Araya. You know, uh, Slayer's such a, was such a great live band. Um, uh, damn, now I'm thinking about box sets. So I never there there was uh, the trend that always I remember was you'd have the video the video uh-huh. which I have a ton of Aerosmith videos yeah um, but everyone had a a, a video what do they call it? video books or video there was a word for them where they had like you know they had three by five the making a pump yeah yeah, yeah. ACDC had one now everybody had Cliff them all was one of them a year and a half in the life of Metallica yeah every and they had a name for them like. And I forget what videography it was. or I forget what it was, but it was like everybody had a video, right? And then all of a sudden, everybody had a box set. Yeah, bands had box sets that didn't deserve that box sets. Well, <laughs> like because I, I bought, I had a bunch of box sets. Yeah, of course I had live shit binge and purge. Mm-hmm. I had the Misfits box. I had, uh, I have uh, Aerosmith's Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. Slayers, I had both the Slayers box sets i had the decade of aggression set mm-hmm. and uh i had their their large box set that they put out later on i still i have that upstairs somewhere i gotta find that <laughs> there's some fucking gems on there like there's some like old real old like their first demos of songs oh like, yeah that's always the fun part. of like ice titan yeah when you when you hear demos of like what what a song started as yeah that, that was a fun thing about the Misfits box is because uh, that was the first time they released the Static Age album, mm-hmm. which was supposed to be their debut. Yeah. But never got released until that box set. Yeah. And the songs are so raw. But then again, it's the Misfits. Mm-hmm. Everything was raw. Yeah, there was a lot of... I know Aerosmith, they had the Box of Fire, too. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was... <laughs> The funny part about that box set is it came with a CD that you can get a box of fire screensaver. Uh-huh. And I had that for the computer, although I did not have... I downloaded the the screensaver, but I never... But the funniest part of the box of fire, I thought, was the a burnt match that came with every set. Really? Which was supposedly lit and blown out by a member of Aerosmith. Knowing you, you knowing your luck, you've got Joey Kramer. I'll take Joey Kramer anytime. I see the nervous look like, in your <laughs> eye. I like. I I would love it. I would. I all those guys, every single one of them, to me was essential for that band's yeah success. You're 100 percent right. And it's like Joey and Tom, the 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 heart of that band. Yes, you know you and, you're hard pressed to find a better rhythm yeah, section. You know and. Uh, Brad and Joe played off of each other perfectly. And, you know, Steven looked and sounded the part yeah. of that music. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to picture anybody else but mm. Steven Tyler singing those songs. Yeah, and it, it just it was just a fun that was such a fun sleazy time for music. Yeah. I mean, it spoke to high school students perfectly. Oh, oh my god, a song like Love in an Elevator? Yeah. You know, ragdoll, ragdoll. What the hell else? Uh, from just from that era of yeah. Aerosmith, 
You know, they took uh, they took the like the L.A. sleaze and classed it up a little, a, a little, a touch. I mean, they cooled it up with Joe. Yeah, I mean, Joe just he he doesn't not look cool. Great guitar player. I mean, I'm sure he's had his dorky moments, and I'm sure those cameramen have been killed and buried in the desert, so yeah. this film never gets released. Well, <laughs> he, even him sitting on a couch saying, "Well, you got to buy a guitar string." Subway. Yeah. Oh, the day that they were sitting sucking helium, helium. He made that look cool. <laughs> I would love. I I gotta I gotta seek that out to hear Joe Perry's voice on helium. Yeah, it's on. I think uh, the making of Pump, and it's all on you. It's all on YouTube now. Yeah, because everything I have is on video cassette. Yeah, you know. Luckily, I have three or four VHRs, VCRs, VCRs. I don't. Ha- I don't even have a VCR anymore. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Yeah, there's not a medium of, of something I can't play at some form now. Right. <laughs> what, uh, what other, any other cool box set you can think of back in the day? Megadeth. Megadeth. Yeah, I don't know if it was back in the day, but I know that they put out uh, the the one that looked like a military box. I didn't know that. Well, uh, well, that's what Slayers look like. Yeah. They look like an ammo can. Yeah, Megadeth did about the same thing. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it was back in the day. I think it was past the day. Yeah, you know, but closer I, to today. <laughs> not today, but Black Sabbath. Did Black Sabbath do a box set? I don't know. I know they did some compilations, but I don't think they did a proper box set. Yeah, I don't. Here's one, and I wish I could get my hands on a copy. I would fucking give my right nut to get my hands on a completed copy. Iron Maiden's the first ten years. Yeah, I definitely know that wasn't even released in America. They you had to go to you had to go to a place. Well, Speedy's got it in Allentown because you remember Rich Weaver. <laughs> yep, Rich had a copy of it. He probably got it shipped from overseas because he got it from he got yeah. every, he would go to Speedy's every month or whatever the release date was. He would go to Speedy's oh. and get it. That's where the infamous "Listen with Nico" comes in. Yep. Yeah, Nico did the intro to like all that stuff. Yep, and there's so many cool B sides on those. Oh yeah, uh, uh, like women in uniform mm-hmm. and oh god, there's so much cool stuff on those. Mm-hmm. And the demo versions of everything yep. and the studio versions. Uh, oh, like the demo version of Wrathchild. Yep, you know, it's cool shit. That was uh, you know that that I wish I could get my hands on a completed copy of that. Oh, yeah, I had that T-shirt. Back in high school, too. Yep. Up the irons and now all the logos on it. And... Yeah, it was 10 CDs. Mm-hmm. Um, it was 10 CDs commemorating Iron Maiden's first 10 years. Yep. That was a neat That was a neat thing. And each one of them started and ended with... Listen with Nico. Nico with Nico. And you tell a little story about what you were about to hear. Yep. And including the infamous Listen with yeah. Nico, Volume 6, <laughs> A Mission from Harry... Which happened at the Allentown Fairgrounds. Oh, God. On the Peace of Mind tour. There's the fly on the wall you want to be. 
There's I, the fly in the wall for that one. I was at the show. Yeah, but that, for the argument backstage. I know. Listen, but yeah, that that was when you hear him slam something down. It's a fucking meant to. He's a proud geezer. <laughs> yeah, that was I was at that was the first concert I ever went to. Yeah. It was the it was the Iron Maiden's Peace of Mind tour at the Allentown Fairgrounds. <laughs> and that's where that fucking thing happened. <laughs> Backstage at the Allentown Fairgrounds is yeah, like one of the greatest arguments I've ever heard in my and life. And we only got there at half of it because the argument started and finished. And then someone brought in a tape recorder, put it down, and started it up again. Yep. And like started him going, which I think is... So and then Nico finally realizes a tape recorder, some cunt's recording. Was that Nico or... I didn't know if that was Nico or, or Murray. I think, it was, I think it was Nico. Yeah, it was. I think it was, it, I think it was Nico. Yeah. Uh, Dave, Mur- uh, Dave Murray has a bit of a lisp. Okay. Um, so I, I think it was Nico. It could have been Adrian Smith for all we know, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it was I, Nico. But to be a fly on the wall at that. Oh, yeah. The whole argument. Because I could picture he was so animated about everything. You know, just just go apologize. I'm not apologizing to nobody. He fucked up my gig. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that was I can. Oh, you know what? When you leave, when you leave, I'm going to listen to that. Yeah, we're going to put. We're, no, don't even wait till I leave. Let's just put it on then. We'll after, throw it on and yeah, and yeah. have a good laugh. Because I even think it's funny. Oh yeah, a mission from Ari. Uh, uh, seek it out on YouTube. You'll thank me later. <laughs> One of the, uh, especially if you're an Iron Maiden fan. Oh God, God, it's so fucking funny. But yeah, the uh, that's one box set that I wish I mm. would have would have invested in, because I'm sure that uh, just to have it would be cool. But mm. I'm sure that since it's so far out of print, that's mm. worth a good buck right now. Maybe I mean it's hard to tell anymore because I noticed with like with the internet, I mean I can't figure out albums worth anymore. Yeah, because I have some stuff. I have like Blizzard of Oz. Yeah. From when it came out, not a reprint. I have that too. And it's, on Jet Records. Yeah. And it's it it's if you want to buy the album as the reissue that's you know new, it's the same price. Yeah. So it's like the album doesn't retain value. Yeah. It's not like it's a hey, this is the one from the actual nineteen eighty. It's fifty bucks. No, it's twenty bucks, same as this one. Yeah. You um, unless you go to a record store. Unless you go to like a, a boutique record store yeah. and they're going to pay you $3 for something and sell it for 40 Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't understand. I go on those um, like Discogs oh, every so often looking for stuff. Yeah. You know, just to see sometimes what my collection's worth or I think it'd be cool to own this on album. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you can buy the brand new copy of Walmart for $20. Yeah. Or you can buy this from 1973 for $20. I'm like, well, I buy the the new one because I know it's not going to be scratched. Yeah. I I don't know. Well, speaking of Discogs, yeah. um, our friend Ryan Haggerty, that's where his Pi Record store is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's a good site. Bus- I was going to, uh, when I was looking at the candle, yeah. I was trying to find you a really neat birthday gift. Yeah. And I found this band that I thought you would, I figured you'd be into. Uh-huh. It's called Goblin Cock. Because I understand, <laughs> I've often understood <laughs> you were a big fan of Goblin Cock. And 
<laughs> fuck you. <laughs> the band is real. So, but but because you know it's a bit pricey, I wanted, and I also don't want to buy you something that's really garbage. I listened to a little bit. I mean, you know. So listen, if you want to listen to them on YouTube. Let me know if you still like Goblin Cock. I'll pick you up an album. <laughs> That's fucking great. Here, I heard you like Goblin Cock. I got it, dude. Yeah, look up when you're done. Look up the album Bagged and Boarded. Bagged and Boarded. Yes, or Boarded and Bagged. It's one of those two. Yeah, you'll look it up, and you'll see why you almost got this as a gift. But I didn't know if you'd be into the music, and I would really love to buy you something like that, and you actually like the music, so you can tell the world. I love Goblin Cock. <laughs> I, I knew you were. I knew you were queuing it up. I knew you were teeing that one up. Oh fuck me! That's something I would do for. Ch- I do to Chuck. That's something I would do to Chuck. I'm. I'm curious on how many albums they've actually sold with that as the premise. Because I can't be the one that first thought it's, of that. It sounds like some like a band almost on the line of the Mentors. Well, yeah, they're very. Um, Ah, uh, the music has one of those like high pitched, high pitched Cookie Monster vocals. Yeah, which I don't care for to begin with, and I don't know if you would like it either. You know, where it's like it's almost like sounds like um, Cannibal Corpse sped up singing underwater. Whoa, yeah, you, yeah. Not sure how I feel about that. Well, you'll see. we'll go on YouTube after this. Yeah, which as as I, I encourage. And, uh, yeah, and I had to do this in incognito mode because I don't want that in my search engine. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the kind of thing, if I'm running, you know, for mayor at any time, will come back to haunt me. <laughs> oh, well, I don't plan on running for mayor anytime soon, so. Yeah, well, I've seen your search history. You're never running for anything. Stop. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> That's not true. The Mexican sites were all legitimate. <laughs> I don't. I don't speak Spanish, so I don't know what was going on there. But <laughs> uh, oh God! Anything, anything involving a burro? Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, you fucking bastard! You. <laughs> Oh. oh yeah, I'm the bad guy here. All right, yeah, for once, I buy gifts and I'm the bad guy. Yeah, I don't you get are. That. Uh, so anything else we want to talk about before we go? Nah, I think I think that was a good coming back, Rob. We got to get more topics. To yeah, we, we do. Keep, we keep forgetting to do it. Yeah, we keep forgetting to put topics, and in. we still are able to do this. Yeah, I know. This is awesome. We could just riff. Yeah, this is good stuff. All right, well, um, we're gonna get off here. Uh, Bill, Bill's going to show me how, Bill's going to show me goblin cock. <laughs> that, in, that in and of itself sounds fucking horrible. Bill's going to show me goblin cock. Um, we're going to listen to mission from Harry. Yep. Um, maybe we'll, maybe we'll actually be productive for a minute and think of a couple of topics. We to won't, throw we in won't the bucket. be productive for a minute. <laughs> All right. So until next time, this is Oh No Not Them. I'm Eric. I'm Bill. Later on, motherfuckers. (laughs)